It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hey! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Hi! That was so bold. Yes. It's normally kind of just a quiet, subtle hello, welcome, but sometimes you got to shake things up a little bit. Like, like we got very triumphant. <laughs> we got to get like one of those air horns or something that we can just. <laughs> or my neighbor has a train whistle in his logging truck. No way. Yeah, yeah. First of all, the fact that your neighbor has a logging truck. Right. Let, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> oh man. Or a, like a foghorn. How awesome would that be to have a legitimate foghorn? Like a yeah. No, the um. The air raid siren. I yeah. went to, uh, you know, the, the hand crank one. Mm-hmm. I went to this concert at Union High School, which is our, our local high school. And uh, one of my worship team members was uh, uh, in in uh, the symphonic band or whatever. So, uh, you know, going there, supporting all the rest. And as part of their, this musical score, it was just like really kind of, um, it was like this play on 9-11 kind of thing. And, and it had all this kind of like dark moments and then it resolved in this like beautiful unity type thing. Mm. So really cool song. But in, in in the middle of the song, this big tense moment is supposed to represent, you know, when the airplanes hit the towers and they legitimately had an air raid siren, like a big wow. hand crank. And they had put in the bulletin or the little program. They're like, hey, you know, this song might not be suitable for younger, you know, kids. Uh, it's going to be very loud. And, you know, the song is going, I'm like, it doesn't seem that bad. Then they got to the part right. with the air raid siren, and, uh, and and they had some guys on percussion just doing crazy mm-hmm. cymbals, just bam, 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 bam. And it was yeah. loud. It, and it was, like, intense. Yeah. Well, like, especially the ones that come off of, you know, Navy boats. Ooh. I mean, those had to be loud so that, so you, that you could hear, hear them over. Every, you had to hear them over all the gunfire and the yeah. engines and all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard about those things being loud and and raucous, but that has absolutely nothing to do with anything <laughs> we ever talk about on the podcast. No, <laughs> except welcome to the Worship Ministry Catalyst hey, podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. Yeah, so. <laughs> we have a great interview yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, we do have a good interview uh, coming your way with uh, Josh Blake of Folk and Field, and uh, so uh, you're going to hear a lot about what Folk and Field is. We're not going to not we won't spoil the no project. We just let you. Let you listen to the interview, and then we'll kind of come back on the backside and uh, and talk Just about it a little bit. But for now, enjoy it. For now, here is our interview with Josh Blake of Folkenfield. Well, we uh, have with us today on the podcast Josh Blake of Folkenfield. Josh, welcome to the episode. Hey, thanks, Kevin and David. Um, thanks for having me on here. It's our pleasure. Um, Real quick, before we jump into uh, some of the stuff we want to talk about, would you take just a second, introduce yourself to us, and then also kind of give us uh, the highlights, the overview of Folk and Field? 
Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so I am, uh, well, I'm 28, actually, today. Uh, today happens to be... Hey, happy, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Josh. Happy birthday! Oh, yeah. yeah, see that's cool. You gotta do the high harmony. Yeah, see, I was gonna go high, and then David went low, and then the whole thing uh, just just no melody. Oh left. man, just totally went. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was gonna do the happy wow. birthday. Yeah, it just didn't. We should have just kept going. <laughs> and just not had the melody. <laughs> that would have been weird. Uh, anyway, hi, well, happy, happy birthday. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm originally from Texas, uh, and I spent most of my high school life there. Uh, grew up uh, good at uh, science and math, um, uh, but also uh, liking music uh, for the creativity. Um, and I, I kind of developed skills playing by ear, um, starting with piano and trombone and, and different things. And I kind of picked up uh, audio recording in high school just for fun um, and recorded a few, like, uh, praise band projects, you know, it's like really uh, simple things, but they're they're really good to work on. Um, just good for developing all sorts of skills. Um, but <laughs> so I almost went to Belmont uh, for music engineering or audio recording, something awesome. along those lines. I know uh, um, one of the one of my um, uh, gals who was on my worship team is at Belmont right now. Mm. And in fact, uh, what was it last month we interviewed a professor from Belmont? Yeah. So we have some, mm. we have some Belmont yeah. connections. Kevin but Twit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that one. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> a project that we did in high school had us analyze like the cost of tuition and, and what <laughs> you'd make as a, as a job. And, you know, starting off graduating with, you know, maybe $160,000 of debt was not what I wanted <laughs> right. to do. <laughs> Especially when you might um, not ever make $160,000 yeah. in the as music a, yeah, industry. Yeah, as an audio engineer. <laughs> exactly. So logic and wisdom prevailed, uh, and mostly from my parents. And I went huh. to study aerospace engineering at Mississippi State University. Oh. Um, so what do you so, do then? I mean, are you like a... Are you? You a, a uh, rocket scientist? You're a, sp or? you're a space scientist. Yeah, a rocket scientist of sorts. Um, so I so while I've been here, I've done my undergrad, masters, and now I'm working on my PhD. Um, and so I do uh, research. Um, actually, it's related to sound and and how a certain airflow can generate sound and how that sound. Uh, uh, like propagates to other places. So. Oh my goodness! Um, so, so many of the guys we talked to are so much smarter. The, than dude, yeah, this is like it's embarrassing. We, this is this is like the we're third. Just like Joe Schmo undergrad guys. Like, this is like the third interview in a row where we have like a doctorate person. And they're younger than us. Man. Younger than us getting their doctorate. Oh, like, I'm. You know, Josh, you are crazy smart. I I feel like if we just sit and talk for the next hour, I feel like I will start to get smarter. So. You know, on one of the choir tours that I went on with Indiana Wesleyan, we went to Washington D.C. and we actually stayed in the home. This was it was at a, we sang at a Seventh Day Adventist church uh, on a Saturday night, and we all had cheese sandwiches and <laughs> on a vegetables. Yeah, on a Saturday yeah, and, can't be on um, a Sunday. Um, but we stayed in a home of one of a NASA uh, rocket. You know, a, what do they call it? A a jet propulsion. Engineer, engineer guy. Wow. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. This guy was like super smart. Super smart. Yeah. Crazy smart. Yeah. Well, Josh, we are humbled by your brains, 
and uh, <laughs> we're honored to have you on our show. <laughs> Oh, so that was, sorry, we kind of cut you off and jumped in there. A little bit about you. Oh, no, that's fine. Uh, tell us about yeah. Folk and Field, if you will. Okay. Um, so, our Folk and Field is, well, I'll kind of talk about where it started. Um, it started as just me getting together with uh, two of my friends uh, in this kind of trio band. There's uh, Anna and Rachel are my two friends, and we would just get together and play covers and whatever we wanted to do, and it was just great fun and we we all um brought out the best in each other uh through creativity and and musical styles and different things um and so i liked i liked that group we actually played for a a uh, um coffee shop they had like a, a mississippi music night and so uh we played for them and wrote a few songs maybe 10 original songs for that um and it was a really good time but uh, since then, like they have moved to different cities, and we haven't been able to continue that that kind of uh, project much. Um, and so, I wanted to kind of take that feeling of making music with friends, um, create creating with others, um, and extend that to include people from all around uh, the country. Um, so, in its sort of uh, essence, a folk and field. Um, is I guess you could call it a banner under which uh, um, we are seeking to um, get some folk songs or, or really any songs, but um, songs that focus on um, the idea of the community and the kingdom of God. Um, so, because that's if if we looked at the themes that of the songs that uh, Anna and Rachel and I wrote for our coffee shop. Um, uh, performance uh they kind of had this theme that they were for the the people and places of mississippi um but we want to like i said i kind of wanted to take that and expand it out towards the people and places of the kingdom of god uh, mm -hmm. if that makes sense um yeah so yeah. <laughs> i mean so it sounds like josh that you know kind of it started out almost as you know, a couple of friends getting together, writing some songs, but now mm -hmm. you're trying to almost kind of uh, turn this into more of a more of an an idea, like an idea of, hey, let's get artists together, let's create, and let's do things that are going to focus on the family of God and His kingdom. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, so like the idea as it is now is to have people submit um, songs to the uh, Folk and Feel banner, and then if, you know, if we choose um, these songs, then they'll be recorded and uh, produced for, like, a very low rate. Um, so it's it's a chance for, A, for people to you know, get exposure, um, to get experience songwriting, and then, B, for us to create a project that uh, unifies uh, the global church, I guess, um, and kind of uh, teaches ideas that we learned through the local church. Because... Like a lot of the ideas on on um, the upcoming first of Folk and Field album sort of came out of uh, teaching that I had been uh, you know listening to and learning through a local church context. So cool. Well, uh, so you're also connected with Garden City, right? You've worked with uh, Dave over there a little bit. Uh, would you tell us a little bit about that process and that journey that you went on with him? Yeah, sure. Um, so I first met Dave, uh, actually it was randomly through some strange coincidences and, 
and people um, a couple years ago. And then I connected with him again at a, a local church plant um, in Starfield, which is the church that I've been going to for the past few years. Um, so while we were there, he and I both were involved with the music team, like leading leading music for the church. Um, and so uh, through meeting Dave Yauk, um, we, um, he taught me a lot of things like some just about music and about leading worship and about structuring like liturgy and teaching people to sing. But um, the other thing that he did was uh, at the time he was, he was sort of working on this Garden City project. Um, and I got to be honest, at first I was kind of a skeptic because my, my main mode of operation so far has been to do everything myself and to like want to have that total control over it of myself and to, and, you know, just to be creative and, you know, I wanted to be the, the producer, the recorder, the, the electric guitars, the, you know, the vocals, all this stuff. Yeah, I'm um, sure. And I wanted, I'm sure none of us have no. ever, ever wanted to be in control <laughs> no, of things, right? No, no, no not me. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, I'm actually probably the most controlling person ever. So I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so please pl- please continue to share us the struggle of control because we've never heard such a thing. What, what is this crazy phenomenon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so Dave came at me with this idea that creating music with people. And for people, not just for ourselves, was actually better, and that the art that we would create through that would actually be better than any art we could just do by ourselves. Um, and for a while, I was kind of unsure about that idea, um, but I think really it. Um, uh, so one of the things that we did at our church was we were studying the Book of John, and. Uh, Dave wanted to do a doxology project on the book of John. And I know y'all have had him on this podcast before, and he's kind of yeah. talked about that. But um, basically, we just wanted to take the ideas that we were learning in the Gospel of John and put them into song form so that our church could sing them and forever sort of remember those things that we studied. Um, so we wrote, uh, co-wrote four songs, and um, we recorded them with my little home studio equipment and and eventually sent them off to Nashville uh, to be mixed. Um, and it was all as part of this Garden City project. And um, and basically that, that project was uh, very influential in me coming around to understanding this idea that art uh, made in a community for a community is infinitely better. Um, and mainly it's because we involved like several singers, uh, several uh, worship leaders in our church uh, and musicians to record all this stuff and and the, the ideas that we came up with together uh, were really truly better than say if I had just sat down and done it myself um, and yeah and so the, the finished result um, really just helped convince me that um, that this is a good way to make to make art and to make music I mean I'm not trying to minim you know minimalize um, making art you know, uh, by yourself, but I just think I'm, I am convinced now that making it with others helps, helps it to be good and helps, helps it to express, um, and to, to express the ideas of multiple people and to draw out the gifts that everyone has, uh, as, as a part of, uh, God's kingdom, as a part of his church. Uh, so Josh, you, you've been talking a little, a little bit about this idea of, you know, arts and creativity and doing it together in community. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, it sounds like when you did that Book of John project, that was kind of the, the moment where you realized, hey, this is actually a really cool deal. And mm-hmm. you're continuing, you know, you're kind of continuing that now with the uh, of Folk and Field. But I'm, I'm curious, what have you seen as the benefits um, of doing art and creativity and community, but also what have been the struggles? Because uh, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure there's challenges, right, when you're trying to do stuff together with people and, you know, different ideas or whatever. But if you could just talk a little bit about some of the benefits of it, but the struggles as well. Yeah, that's a great question um, because, you know, as we all know, working with people is difficult, <laughs> which is why I became an engineer. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> as an engineer, you can just sit there and, and like just take care of all the things on the board and make mix it the way you want it to sound. And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so uh, let me think about that for a second. Um, some of the advantages, again, is that... Uh, you know, with brainstorming, um, you get ideas from all over the place. And so the advantage of having multiple people is multiple ideas like floating around. And then you can come together and see which ones are best and which ones, you know, need to be thrown away. But <laughs> that also has a downside because uh, certain people are stronger, strongly attached to their ideas and want to hold on to them. Um, and so I, I think it's interesting. Uh, so Dave, Yauk, and I have worked together a lot, and we have an, an interesting dynamic uh, in our work. And and it, it basically goes, Dave has an idea, and he runs ahead with it. Um, and then I kind of, he would call himself the gas. And then I kind of have um, some, uh, I guess, producer-like thoughts and say, wait a minute, let's slow down, like, let's take this, let's edit it, let's crop it, let's you know, let's um, rethink it. Um, and so I kind of act like the break. Um, and so we kind of go forward. Um, and so, and to be honest, there were some struggles at first just with, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard when you're creating. Um, and when you, when you create, it's part of you, you know. And so when someone says, I don't like that idea, it's like they're saying, I don't like you. Right. And it can um, always be kind of offensive. It can almost kind of hurt a little bit, right? Yes, um, and and I think there was some of that at, at the start, but eventually I think uh, we kind of worked together and found a way to hold our ideas loosely, um, just to offer them up and say, "How about this?" And if the other agrees, then then we know, hey, maybe that's a good idea. And if and if the other says no, let's let's rethink it uh, to try to just loosely hold hold on to our ideas. And that's I think that's the most challenging part of. Of working together with somebody is that they're going to have different ideas and tastes and um and it's going to be hard and you have to deal with selfishness and pride and all these sinful things um but i think ultimately like when you come out on the other end you've learned how to work with people better and your art probably is better as a result so yeah yeah hey while i'm thinking about it so you know we were um uh, yeah, this this uh, folk and field project that you're working on. Um, t- tell me a little bit about the the name, where that name came from. I mean, I get the idea you're trying to create some folk music, uh, but is mm-hmm. there, yeah, is there like some some history, some background on that? Yeah. Um, so, I think uh, part of it is is learning about. So, 
in our church, we also studied about the Old Testament and the function of the people of Israel and the narrative that runs through the book of Genesis and through a lot of the Old Testament. And if you look at it, one of the two of the things you'll see is that God desired uh, to make a people for himself. We see that in um, like Abraham and, and Moses and you know, and them having children and the focus being on, on that. But we also see God providing a land or a place. Um, we see that with the Israelites trying to make it to the promised land. And this idea is ultimately, um, we find it again in Revelation, where, where heaven comes down to earth, and uh, we see that God's kingdom, um, you know, heaven is on earth, and it's a place, and that's where his people dwell and where they live and they flourish, um, and they experience the fullness of Christ. And so I think ultimately this idea of a folk and field is is related to, um, so folk, I guess people, field, you say place. Um, so kind of the idea of the people and the the land of the community of God. It, it might be a slight stretch, but uh, that's, what it, that's what it is now. Um, but like I, I sort of mentioned earlier, um, it originally came about um, with my friends Anna and I and Rachel. Um, we were writing songs for a specifically for a Mississippi art um, event. So like they wanted to showcase original music in Mississippi, and so we originally came up with that name to kind of say we're writing songs about the people and places of Mississippi. Um, but like I said, it it makes better sense in just the global context of God's kingdom and his church. Uh, I don't know if, if that answer made any sense, but, <laughs> but that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, well, um, so we've kind of heard a little bit of, of the uh, journey that you've been on and uh, a little bit of what you're trying to do with Folk and Field. What are you working on right now? Is there something that you've got in the works at the moment? Yeah, so um, so. Maybe, actually, most of the songs that were written for that coffee shop event, um, they kind of stayed with me, and I and I wanted to do something with them other than just, you know, have them sit there. And as I kind of thought about them and thought about things I was struggling with um, and then what we had learned in church, I realized that, that they fit together in a flow. And so I approached Dave uh, from Garden City and, and said, hey, let's do an album, and, and he was on board with it. Um, and so that kind of birthed this first of Folk and Field album, which is what we're currently working on uh, right now. And um, we're kind of calling it, I think we're going to call it Outlaw Folk, which sounds, because <laughs> uh, we want it to be folky, but we also want it to have some kind of grittiness and some maybe lo-fi um, things. And like, so I mean, actually the first song opens on the album and it's a sort of like an out a song about an outlaw in the wild west. Um, Dude, that's cool. And, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So the so I'll talk about just the album. If if it's okay, I'll talk about the overview of the album and then a few of the songs on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just okay. Um, so it's it's organized into three parts. Um, ultimately, like I said, it's about the kingdom and the community of God. Um, but the three parts of the album is that it starts in um, sin, in recognition of our sin, and about life in the community of darkness, um, <clears throat> both for non-Christians uh, and for Christians. Uh, not saying that 
I'm not saying that Christians are not freed from sin, but you know we can still give in to temptation and we can still find ourselves with the feeling of being trapped by our sin if we do not look to Christ and to the truth um, that he has given us in his word. Um, so that's the first part of the album. The second part is um, God rescuing us from our sin and bringing us into his kingdom. And then the third part is seeing God's kingdom in his fullness, seeing it through um, Christian brotherhood and fellowship and ultimately uh, in God's uh, kingdom with heaven on earth. Um, so it covers several themes. Um, I've, I've just kind of mentioned some of them already, but uh, there's the idea of, of this sort of duality of desiring to sin, um, but also desiring to be freed from that sin and like how those things kind of war within us. Um, it also, like I said, talks about God rescuing us from, his, from our sin and um, how his love uh, is a better pleasure than the sin that we would so desire to do. Um, and then again, there's, there's ideas of brotherhood and fellowship. Um, so I guess I'll start, uh, I'll talk about a few songs in specific, specifically. Um, as I mentioned, it, it opens with a song about an outlaw. Um, and this kind of started as a, as a fun song, just kind of like a wild west song. Uh, I think I had been listening to Willie Nelson's The Red-Headed Stranger album. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so that kind of made me want to write something like that. Um, so it's the first song is called uh, Bullet Hand, Bad Heart. And it's about this guy who, who does bad things. Um, he has what, I, what I'll call a bullet hand. Um, and he ends up like killing people, stealing, robbing. And to him, it all makes sense because, well, maybe he's poor or maybe, um, you know, maybe he has he has this thing called a bullet hand, which just makes him shoot people. Um, I know maybe it sounds weird, but uh, we ultimately see through the story of the narrative that it's not his uh, physical circumstances or emotional circumstances, but it's the it's the fact that he has a bad heart. Um, and so and then we also at the end of the song see that. It's not just him, it's just, it's everyone who is, who is made like this. And so um, uh, I kind of wanted to draw, that, draw out that idea that, that we are not uh, bad because of our circumstances or because of, you know, what someone has done to us, um, but rather because of the sin that is, is dwelling in our hearts um, because of our sin nature. Um, and <clears throat> so, like I said, the album kind of, it starts in that sort of dark place, um, almost like maybe some psalms, because um, that's another thing I've been uh, reading a lot is those dark psalms where people cry out from, uh, you know, despair. And um, and again, I kind of get try to get across one of these ideas through a song where uh, it's called, well, the chorus basically is, uh, I love what's killing me, but I don't want to die. Mm. Um and it, the story about this song is, is pretty funny. I was, I was at a hotel for a conference, and ashamedly, I was watching TLC. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was, uh, I think the show was like My 500-Pound Life. Wow. Um, Love that you know, show. I, yeah. 
it was I was pretty bored, but uh, one of the things that struck me was this lady who she got surgery and was trying to lose weight. She's going through the grocery store and she goes by the ice cream aisle and she's just like, I just got to have it. And then she gets, you know, cartons and puts it in her cart. Um, and right then it struck me that she knows that this is what's going to kill her, but yet she can't say no to it. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to con convey that through, through a few songs. Um, but the album doesn't stay in that dark place. Uh, it goes... <laughs> rather which is is good um because that's not the narrative of the christian life um but so the the album turns um to a light place in this song that i call brother's blood um it's inspired by a lot of different uh parts of scripture but um <clears throat> it kind of it starts with the idea of adam and his sin and his realization that through him sin nature has entered the world and in a way, the blood of of everyone is on his hands, um, and so he's responsible. Um, and then it goes from Adam to Cain and Abel, uh, where we see uh, Cain killing his brother, and um, his brother's blood is is you know his actual brother, his blood is on his hands, and and the blood of Abel cries out and condemns him. Um, and then we see Christ being murdered by his brothers um and christ's blood is is on our hands um and then uh it goes to the idea that um christ unlike unlike cain or unlike adam um has the power to cover us with his blood and he decides to call us his brothers even though uh we murdered him and so it's that's the kind of turn for me, is this beautiful picture of Christ saying, "I will call you my brothers. I will show you to my Father. Like you, you are mine. You belong to me, uh, despite all of what we've done." Um, and so, to me, that's kind of where the album begins to take its turn towards light. Um, and then, following that, we have a song called "I Will Always," uh, which is is sort of a personal rescuing. Uh, from sin where God sees us and he sees us as this like jar of like broken glass and yet he chooses to hold us in his hands anyways even though it's going to hurt even though um, there will be pain like he chooses to love us anyways um, and he chooses to love us forever um, and so that to me is like the idea of God loving us first so that we are able to love him um, and how that love rescues us from darkness. There's a line in it that says, hold on tight while I pick you up from out of death. Um, and so that's the kind of the, the uplifting part. Um, We're running a little bit short it, on time. Maybe you can just jump oh, to, sorry. to one song there that kind of picks up the end, the end theme. On yeah, the yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it goes to the idea from there to uh, Christian Brotherhood and it ends in this song called Lane of the King. And it's kind of a, like a pub tune um, <laughs> where I'm trying to, I'm thinking of the idea of, of people like sitting around, like drinking, having a good time, fellowship. And like, someone's like, let's have a song. And like, so this song comes out and it's, it's a song about, um, you know, ultimately the, the, um, the supper that we'll have, you know, when Christ returns and, 
and there's the wedding ceremony and there's a supper and it's kind of this idea that all of this good stuff that we're enjoying is good because Christ is good and, and it helps us to enjoy him better and it's kind of an invitation song of come and see like taste taste what life is like in the land of the king um, so that's the kind of the end of the album um, cool yeah so yeah sorry that was that was a bit lengthy <laughs> no but you know I, I, I like that uh, this is intentional you know it's uh, it's a narrative mm-hmm. it's a story now tell us when when is this album coming out yeah so it should be released uh, around April or May okay uh, we're still working on some of some of it so. and and where would people be able to find it uh, when it does get released <laughs> Uh, you'll be able to find it on the uh, Garden City Project website, and I also think it will be released on the Worship Mini uh, Worship Ministry Catalyst website. Cool. Um, yeah. Great. And yeah. probably some other platforms. So. Good. So if people want to get in touch with you or find out about uh, a little bit more about Folk and Field, where would they go to do that? Yeah. So I, uh, the best place to go, I think, would be to the Worship Ministry Catalyst website, and then you could go to the Our Projects tab. And click on it, and uh, if you wanted to learn more, you can find out some there. And if you wanted to submit something to this uh, folk and field idea, then you could submit there uh, as well. Cool. Yeah, awesome, Josh. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us uh, on the show and uh, being a part of Worship Ministry Catalyst, uh, this podcast, and uh, the work that you do with Garden City. Uh, fantastic <laughs> stuff, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me on here. I really enjoyed it. Hey. Hi. Well, there it was. It wasn't quite as loud of a hey as the beginning of the episode. No. Yeah, so. See, the thing is, by the time people, you know, if, if anyone's actually still listening through the the whole episode, I mean, they will have forgotten that whole bit in the beginning. Um, although, I guess we're reminding if them. If you're still listening at this moment in time, send me a text to 360-818-4339. Wow. Remember we had that phone number? That's right. I I'm still like, why have is it. it. Why does it sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah, if you are listening right now, send that text and just say, I'm listening. Yeah. And, I don't know, we'll we'll give you a shout out. On How the- awesome would that be to be like, just getting get random texts for like the next five years? Hey, I was listening. I was listening. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay, but uh, but anyway, uh, thanks Josh for your uh, for your time on the podcast today and uh, telling us a little about uh, what you're doing with Folk and Field. And, yeah, I think uh, the the cool thing, and I mentioned it on the episode, but just having uh, like um, a thematic, uh, you know, CD uh, or album, I should say, uh, that has continuity through it that tells a story that that is a narrative. Um, and I mean, I I really do appreciate that mm-hmm. because it's a lot easier to just write a one-off song, you know. Right. Uh, you know, like to to pull Chris Tomlin, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a couple great worship songs that you know are gonna be really big hits. Um, well, it's not just easier; it's how everything is driven now. Oh yeah, because it, nobody it, buys albums right. anymore. Right. It, it's and that's a great point. It's it's driven by kind of this mentality of you know having these one hit you know uh, songs that are gonna be popular for. Spotify mm-hmm. or you know Pandora, whatever platform you use, or even YouTube, if, iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if yeah. you just go into iTunes and buy a single song, you know, I mean, most of the time, when I'm looking, I, I look and see what's you know what's the most popular. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the one that has all the little right. you know bo- uh, whatever they are, the little marks or something. Which is also probably how people choose to listen to episodes of our podcast. Which ones <laughs> are the most popular? Because <laughs> they've got the popularity on there too. Totally. Yeah. 
Maybe this will be the most popular. You never know. That's cool. That could be. I yeah. hope. But uh, you reminded me when you were saying that that uh, one of my favorite albums. It's it's not it's not like a happy album, but you know Stephen Curtis Chapman's album "Beauty Will Rise." Yeah, after the death of his daughter. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that album from beginning to end took you took you oh, takes man. you on such a journey. And that first song, you know, comes mm-hmm. in with that little guitar. You know, uh, um, <laughs> of course I'm blanking on it now, but yeah, no, it, it it's it's really captivating because mm-hmm. it was. Uh, a reflection of a story in his heart and in his life. And that's the thing. I mean, I really believe, you know, kind of what Josh was talking about on the episode, you know, there's a need, even a hunger for, uh, for people, you know, to, to have this story, to have this narrative, to, to hear it expressed through music. Right. Yeah. And, and, and to go on a journey. And I, you know, I don't think we do that anymore. We're always in such a rush just to kind of get yeah. to the popular whatever's, you know, to take some time. I would, you know, of course, when, when Josh's album comes out, take some time, listen to the whole thing, sit down and listen through it or listen to Stephen Curtis Chapman's album. Beauty, yeah. uh, no, no, we don't get any money for advertising for that. But, but if you do it, you have to commit to listening all the way through the very last song, Spring right. is Coming, because that 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 t- turns everything to to the direction the you should be going yeah, you know and and so if you just kind of listen to one or two songs here and there and you never hit that final song it's like you, you just kind of leave feeling depressed and like you know with your with your gut sucked out of you but if you listened all the way through like i think it was probably designed then then you you experience the journey the way it was intended yep. so if you're out there as a songwriter, I would just encourage you to think a little bit more that way. And, you know, I know uh, there's some good examples of that over on Garden City Project, thinking through, you know, taking you know, a book of the Bible and think all the way through and take people on the journey of that book and and go all the way beginning to end or take a story of, you know, one of the one of the characters of the Bible or your story or, you know, the story of your church or the something that you're going through or that your church has gone through and and just take people on a journey and help set that journey to music yeah. and and give people this you know these these memorable moments and song that can kind of help uh, 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 denote where you are at the moment and just, just kind of a marker you know like like we see so many times in the Old Testament where they would build markers out of stones and they would just kind of set up this this happened here right and they would remember that you know so we can do that through our art and through our song and and those kinds of things and give people those markers and help them have those markers for the journey that remember yeah. God was faithful here. Yep. Um, yeah. At, at this point I knew, you know, in my heart of hearts that you know, he's faithful and he still is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. So uh, you can go uh, check, check them out um, at uh, like uh, Josh was saying on our website, worshipministrycatalyst.com, click on the projects tab and yep. you can see them down there on folk and field also on Garden City Project, and you'll find the album there as well when it comes out later here in just a couple of months. But uh, uh, So I would encourage you to do that, and then uh, that's all the time we have for this episode, so we're going to wrap things up. But we appreciate it. If you will, go check us out online. Um, you can go check out GardenCityProject.com. You can check us out WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com, uh, Facebook.com slash WorshipMinistryCatalyst, Twitter.com slash WMCatalyst, or you can send an email to Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. And we appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes and Google Play, and you still might be our first subscriber if you go check that out on Do Google it. Play. So awesome. Um, uh, still waiting to still wait to get that first one out yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, give us a review, if you will. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, Share the podcast with your friends. Spread the word, if you will. We appreciate it uh, when you do that and let people know what we're trying to do here. Uh, 
creating art that uh, kind of spreads the word of the glory of God uh, as far as we possibly can and uh, that, that honors him in the art that we're creating. So nice. Yeah, that that's all well, the time we well have. well said. Thank you. That was well Thank said. You. That's all the time we have for this episode. We'll see you again next time. Bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. <laughs>